Welcome to Don't Hold Back Podcast with your host, Ichiko Batmonk, founder of Don't Hold Back and a professional life and mindset coach. She's sharing transformational coaching journeys. We have thoughts, feelings, and emotions, but we are not our thoughts, feelings, or emotions. Are you curious about exploring and experiencing how you can unleash your full potential and passion? It all starts with you, and you are meant to live the life you desire. The purpose of this podcast is to introduce you to a coaching journey and what is available for you. Hope you get inspired and take action accordingly. Hello, Karen. How are you doing today? Great. I'm so excited to be here with you. Welcome to my podcast. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast, and especially now we're going to talk about the Mindset Podcast. So it is going to be really amazing. And she's such a special person that she's an expert around mindset. So I'm so excited to have you. Please introduce yourself. My name is Karen McMahon, and I am a certified life coach. My specialty is relationship and divorce. And so I work with men and women who are struggling through uh, marriages that are difficult and want to mend them and men and women who are navigating divorce. And that's such an emotional tsunami, how to navigate that. And mindset is front and center in those situations. So I'm excited to be here and share. Thank you. Thank you so much. Awesome. So share with us about your story. Like, why did you become a coach? Yeah. Thank you for asking. Of course. I, my story began with my specialty. So I had two very young children and I was in a very toxic marriage and I was very unconscious. I had very poor mindset. And uh, I was very overwhelmed and I went through a three and a half year divorce. And at the end of it, when I emerged as hard as it was, I realized I was such a better human being, such a better parent for it. And at that point, my day job no longer resonated with me. And I was looking for how I could take all that I learned and support others. And that's when I decided to look into life coaching and once I became a life coach, it was crystal clear what my uh, focus and specialty would be. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for sharing that. You mentioned about that, not conscious about things that you were not even happy. So tell me what do you mean when you said not conscious? You know, what, I, what I've learned, uh, Ichiko, is that so many of our behaviors in relationship are born of our family of origin. And so when you grow up in a family of origin with difficulties, and I think we could probably all say that there's been something dysfunctional about our family of origin, uh, we kind of get blueprinted with those behaviors. So in my case, my dad was an alcoholic, a jolly one, but an alcoholic. My mom was a rageaholic. And so the behavior that I found myself engaging in early on in my marriage was behavior that was not aligned with who I was. It was almost like I was following a script. And so learning uh, about my thinking and my behaviors and letting go of things that didn't serve me and taking on new, healthier habits that did benefit me was my journey to be more conscious. And Uh, I went from really not understanding what peace or serenity was to being able to live in it. And that's such a gift that I think we all as life coaches want to pass on to 
our clients and our audience. Yeah. Well, wow. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, I know also myself as well that, you know, it's not that I had a perfect family neither. It was really absolutely, I mean, terrible. And then I remember myself that like, I went to this like a journey of like self-discovery. And when I went there, like I literally learned about myself, who I become. And from there, like I see going back to looking at myself and almost like I'm blaming myself. Like, is this the family where I grew up? And it's no wonder why, who I am, who I am. Like it's, it was terrible. And then at the same time, you have to actually like embrace everything. That's like when I become very conscious about the things, you know, who I become. And I really, I remember myself, I really didn't like about myself at all. Like a lot of things that I hated about myself, but that's my conscious comes as well. So when you said about the consciousness, like I'm Dude, yes, I was so unconscious about a lot of things, right. you know, how I grew up, what I become. It was uh, a nightmare. But yeah, I'm so like, I love this coaching and just, you know, being a conscious person. It's amazing. And I think that um, the first step for everybody is simply awareness, right? And that's the consciousness. We can't change what we're not aware of. And we're so often aware of the problem with the circumstance or the problem with the other person. <laughs> when we become aware of our part in that discomfort, our wound, our um, judgment, our insecurity, that's, that's where all the gifts are. And that's the uh, fun part that starts, you know, and it's really uncomfortable. Like, I think it's so funny you say that because I feel like, like you know, it's so easy to kind of like spot on the people's problem like and when it comes to you to yourself like it's like it's really painful you know like it's almost like you don't want to embrace it and you want to just go like go around or avoid that and I remember myself I have avoided also like quite a bit of time too like there's a point like you have to and I remember your story you were telling me about that divorce that you had and tell us about that experience yeah, it was, I, I lived through, uh, my children were, um, I think, four and six when I sat them down to say, I've decided, you know, to leave daddy, which yeah. was just horrible. It was just heartbreaking and their world fell apart. And and my ex, uh, he, he has a lot of issues. So he had, you know, anger issues and I think he was deeply frightened by this whole thing and angered by the fact that I would think of leaving him. And so for about three and a half years, I mean, child protective services got involved, the police got involved, the children were in therapy. Uh, I was in a 12-step program. I was in therapy. I was a hot mess. I personally was an absolute hot mess. And yet it was like the fire of refinement. It was being in that pain and difficulty and struggle for three and a half years that honed and healed me in many ways. So that when I emerged at the other end of the divorce, I was, I was more calm. I was more confident. I was less focused on what was wrong with him and more focused on what I wanted to make out of my life and what, and how I could use every struggle, even that the children had with dad to strengthen them and improve how they navigated the world rather than bash dad or talk about what was wrong with dad. And so, and that's what I bring into my practice. And so it was just this incredibly difficult, sloppy 
transition. And I think so many of us judge ourselves when we go through those transitions. And the fact is, they're there actually to help us. And if you could get past how painful it is and ask, you know, what is there for me in this situation? Like, how can I use this pain, this discomfort to improve myself? You completely shift from external to internal. And again, that's, that's really what it's all about. And, and to, your, to your mindset focus here, that's what it's all about. Yeah, I love this. So what I'm hearing you say is first in the beginning in the divorce that what do you notice is like you literally blaming your husband, right? And then what you realize from the moment is that you, you know, you shift your mindset and then you take ownership, right? And then take responsibility. And then from there, and then you literally see in yourself, like, you know, what are you really doing? It's not about that him, he is the one who is doing something wrong. And you also realize that that's the, all of the behavior you were doing was that the, from your parents that you ingrained, right? It's very empowering when you stop focusing on the other person and you start focusing on yourself because it's really the only place you have power anyway. So why not stay there? Absolutely. So that's so amazing. You just mentioned that because right now, I really also want to talk about this external problem we all also right now facing, which is a pandemic. So, you know, it's so easy to also like just to blame something when the life isn't working for you, right? Like pandemic is, ha I mean, but it, this is really a big deal. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't blame a pandemic. I get it. But I know, like, I always kind of wonder, like, I'm a very curious person. I'm always wondering, like, there's still like a lot of amazing people are doing amazing job, even this uncertainty, hard time. So, and then I know there are a lot of people are unconscious and then they're like, all they know is to blame something, which again, I mean, I believe like there's nothing wrong with it because they're not, they're not conscious. So you can't blame somebody like if you're not conscious about things. So, which makes sense to me. How can we like to learn to be aware of things? So maybe instead of trying to blame somebody, like, you know, that the external, what do we have to do? Like, what's the first thing that would help us? Uh, I have a saying that I share with my clients, uh, divorce is so upsetting. And so uh, it's not mine. I got it from a book I read. Um, and it's, it's that every upset is a setup. And so if you imagine that every time you get upset, instead of looking out at the circumstance of the pandemic or the individual who upset you, you see it as a setup to refocus on you. What am I scared of? What am I judging? What am I not forgiving? Um, where do I have a wound that is being poked at that needs to be healed? And so the simplest thing is we begin to, if you can hold on to that concept that every upset is a setup, then instead of pushing the upset away, you begin to embrace it because you say, wow, if I'm upset, then there's an opportunity for me to improve myself. And it's that shift to internal. Does that help? Yeah, it does help. It's like what I'm really hearing you say is basically how shifting your mindset, like how instead of looking at the scarcity mindset, right? How can you shift that? I like that. I want to also kind of like dig deep and talk about this pandemic a little bit right now. Because right. like, oh, like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm still like at times it's like uncertainty, it's scary. I get it. I'm, I was scared. 
I'm still sometimes scared, but like I always like shift myself, get myself out of the scarcity mindset, coach myself or do whatever I have to do. But it's it's a constant thing. You have to work on your mindset at the same time. You know, that's one thing I noticed. Yeah, and I think that first of all, just just to acknowledge there may be people listening in who have lost a loved one, who have yeah. lost their job, who are really struggling financially, who are living in inc- incredible uncertainty right now, not knowing if they can keep a roof over their head. And so, you know, one of the interesting things is this situation is so global, so universal. So we're all having our own individual experience of it. And yeah. then there's the fact that as a society, you know, our, our, our society, our financial structure, our, the level of uh, disease and, and death in ours. So that's huge. And I think it's so important to first say, most of us, all of us have never experienced that before. It's going to make sense that it's going to be just like an, an emotional tornado. And then yeah. to your point, the question is, well, what are we going to do with that? And one of the first things I would say is when we're uncertain, our fear takes us to the worst case scenario. So you might not be able to pay your rent, but you might go to, I'm going to be homeless in the street. And so the opportunity is to pay attention to our thoughts and say, well, how true is that? And what's more real? And so I think with everything that we're struggling with, with the pandemic, there's still that opportunity to take a step back and to challenge your thoughts and to get clear on what's real versus what your fear is telling you. Mm, Yeah, I love that. That's so true. You know, you're right. I mean, our mind is really creative, very smart. It can find the you know, whatever you're looking for, right? So like it literally thinks that the worst scenario and I love that what you said, which is so true. And on that note, I want to talk about scarcity mindset and abundance mindset. So mm. I mean, I understand like this is a very hard time. It's hard to be like be in maybe abundance mindset, but is it possible? Share with us your... Well, you know, I've done a lot of work around abundance. I came from uh, a blue collar family where um, there was never enough and money was hard to come from and it's not in the budget and we can't afford it. And all of those things that we grow up with, again, are blueprinted onto our subconscious. And so, (laughs) right? That's too bad, you know, I I mean, like, yeah. And, and. And what we know about the subconscious is our conscious is the little bit of the iceberg above the water. And then the subconscious is the huge mountain underneath the water. And so one of the things is really having, like, I love mantras, having mantras about abundance and, and abundance isn't money, right? So when you start, and I would challenge your viewers to stop and think like, How much love do I have? I'm like really healthy, but maybe financially I've struggled. Do I appreciate all my health? Like, so we, I have the abundance of health. Do I have the abundance of love from my family? Do I have an abundance of friends? Do I have an abundance of creativity? And so I think that part of that scarcity versus abundance is gratitude and really focusing and pouring into everything that we have, because when we appreciate what we have, there's a saying, another saying, 
what we appreciate appreciates. What we focus on grows. If you focus on what you don't have, how much weight you want to, you know, how heavy you are that you don't want to be, how much money you don't have, you're going to grow the scarcity. But when you focus on the gratitude and you pour into what you want, that's what grows. It's kind of like miracle grow on your garden. Do you want to water the weeds or do you want to water the flowers? Yeah, so, 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 so true. And personally, I also have experienced that as well. I mean, I, in the beginning, I remember myself, like I couldn't even like, you know, this gratitude journal every morning. Like that was really my challenge. But like, in, because I think it was so big challenge for me because I just couldn't believe that is really a true for me. And then I really just like give myself a chance to get, just try it out for a certain amount of time, like days. And really, you know, what do you appreciate really appreciate you. So it's like things are literally coming along. It's just doing well. It's, it's just miracle. Like you said, I love that. So now I want to talk about a little bit of vision as well. I mean, yes, we have a hard time in uncertainty right now. Share with us, what is your vision? My, my life vision, you're asking? Yeah, yeah. your vision yeah. to the world. I, I, I'll answer that in two ways. One is um, I've been a single mom for about 15 years now. Wow. And I have a, a 21 and 23-year-old. And I had said early on when I was a single mom, if I fail at everything else and raise a healthy woman who has a voice, and a healthy man who I'm proud of how he engages with people and especially women, then I've been completely successful. And so, so I have a vision on a personal level that it's, it's what drives my relationship with my children. And I'm, I'm very blessed to have a phenomenal relationship with both of my children oh, and by a- no means an easy journey, but every upset became an opportunity to strengthen myself and my relationship. And then on a personal level, uh, a professional level, I believe, I'm a, I do a lot of divorce coaching. I believe one of the reasons that the divorce rate for second and third marriages is so high because people don't do the work we're talking about here mm. after their, at, the, at the end of their first divorce, right? And so when, so my desire is to lower the divorce rate. That's my desire is to help people realize that when you get upset, instead of blaming and accusing and judging the other person, whether you're staying married or getting divorced, when your work is about you, even if you get divorced the first time, you're more likely to enter your second marriage healthier and more likely for it to succeed. Wow, that's, you know what, that's so true. Like then America is for sure, like the divorce is really high rate, right? So share with us, what do you mean when you say like work on yourself? Yeah, and I think that, you know, we we created a 12-step divorce recovery program. Oh, wow. Um, and we did that based on about a half a dozen years of working with thousands of clients and finding that, their internal, their emotional struggles were often very similar. And so when I say work on yourself, if I could just reference a couple of the things. So so step four, for instance, is seek solutions. We found people would 
focus on the problem, focus on the problem, and then focus on the problem. And it was so hard to shift them. It's like, okay, now that you've gotten crystal clear on the problem, what's the solution? And don't go back to the problem. You know it already. There's no reason to keep ruminating about it. Yeah. Another one is that in, in my community of people, my community, people tend to fret the past and worry the future. There's no power in either of those places. And so we have step eight is about practicing presence. Because when you learn, no matter what your circumstances is to stay in the day, then you have power. And you'll notice my theme is how can we always be empowered? And the inner work that I talk about is noticing where our perspective takes us and coming back to one that always brings value and benefits us moving toward what we want instead of away from it. Love that. So it's really sounded like it's again, the same thing, like we're talking about the mindset, right? What are you really focusing on, right? You're focusing on the negativeness, like why is it not working? Why hasn't it worked out? And like, like trying to blame somebody or maybe even blame yourself. Okay, what else could you do? Like, how can you also shift your mindset to the positive side or, you know, I think the forgive in the, in the mindset, there are a lot of things you can do, right? right? Forgiving yourself and others. That's a huge part. I see that move on from your relation to the past and, you know, heal yourself. And then, yeah, I'm sure it's, it's all in, in your work. I mean, in your, in the and, work. And I think one of the things that new people that I speak to resonate with the most is resistance you know we're so resistant to what is and no matter how resistant i can't believe this pandemic's going on i can't believe i'm almost out of money i can't believe my spouse did this i and that resistance causes so much tension and friction and yet when we shift into acceptance okay i've been furloughed okay i i you know i got tested positive Uh, my spouse is dealing with you know the the various rules different than me what can i do about it again you end up once you're in acceptance you have more options for how to handle the situation when you're in resistance you're you're kind of fighting with it and getting nowhere mm, yeah where you resist persist exactly <laughs> that's it so i mean okay i like what you just said everything you just said that uh so then how do you acceptance it how do you get there? Because like now like people probably understand it makes sense for their mind, right? So how do you accept things? Yeah, so it it's acceptance. My my company is called Journey Beyond Divorce, and I say that because everything's a journey. So acceptance, you know, we live in this this time where it's like microwave and and quick ding on your phone and everything's super fast. Acceptance isn't fast. Acceptance is a journey. It's a slow journey. And so the way that you begin is with awareness, right? That consciousness. Once you're aware that you're resisting something, then you get to ask yourself, how is my resistance changing what is? And the answer is always the same. It's not, it's what is my resistance doing? It's causing me more tension. Mm. So, so what's my situation, whatever it is, let's say it's like I'm furloughed and I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm home with my kids and I'm overwhelmed. Okay. So you can't get to being solution oriented until you accept that 
this is my situation. No matter, no matter how much I fret it, every day I wake up and it's still my situation. What if I stopped resisting it and fretting it and started saying, how can I work with it? And a good question is, where's the opportunity here? Yeah. Is there an opportunity for me to be more creative with how I make money, for me to spend more quality time with my kids, for me to carve out some self-care time since I'm not commuting two hours a day? And once you shift into, well, where's the opportunity, then you start seeing, then acceptance becomes easier because you start seeing the fruits of it. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so what I'm hearing you say is really you start with the awareness. So like, what are you, first of all, like ask yourself, what are you resisting? And oftentimes people don't even know, they don't even know how to identify what they're resisting, right? So like ask yourself, I always like to say like, take your time to sit down and what are you resisting, right? Because oftentimes people like rushing through trying to figure out things and instead just sit down. I love that. Another thing like now, like I believe like in the beginning of this 2020, everyone had a beautiful vision to start and go after for it. But then pandemic it, it's kind of it's slowing down. It's getting better. But I know that a lot of people are still struggling. I get it. But I'm curious, like, is it still possible to you still can go after your vision and, you know, create the vision you want it? Gosh, I would certainly hope so. Um, you know, what's interesting, even with the pandemic and even with um, our country and the, you know, the level of crisis that we're in, we're not off track. It's the only track. This is the only reality. And so, <laughs> so, so in January, none of us knew this. January 1st, we all made our, you know, our resolutions for the year and our vision for the year. And then life happened. Well, you know, I'm knocking on 60. Life happens all the time. All my life, that's what happens. I make plans and then all of a sudden life changes. And so we have the opportunity to do the exact same thing. So whatever your vision is of 2020, we assess and we adjust and we surrender. That would be my advice. So you set a goal, you set your vision, and then you assess how life happens and how it works out. And then you adjust. You adjust for the pandemic. Maybe you adjust to make it a longer timeline. Maybe you adjust to make it financially more reasonable. And then you, and then you try again. And then you always surrender the outcome because we're not responsible for the outcome. We have no power over the outcome. We have 100% responsibility and power for our effort and zero responsibility and power for the outcome. If I've done my best, I can't do anymore. What happens, happens. Mm -hmm. And I think people so often fret the outcome even when they've given it 100%. And, and when you can let go of that, when you can say, I'm going to give it 100%, and then whatever happens, what's going to happen is supposed to happen. And then I get to assess, recalibrate, and go again. It frees us to live life in so much more of a rewarding and fulfilling way. Mm. I always like to say, you always got to surprise yourself, like, you know, when you surrender past. But share with us, like, surrender is actually, like, it's an amazing, beautiful word, but it, it, it's such a broad at the same time. So like surrender to the outcome, like, what do you mean? Like whatever you created, are you, is this where you're trying to surrender or that the outcome you want to have in the future? What do you mean by that? 
Yeah. So let's say you make plans for your business and you, you know, you, you do, you, you do all of these different things and you're giving it a hundred percent of your effort. And your desire is that at the end of this year, I'm going to have whatever I'm going to have impacted X number of lives and this many followers and this many clients. And then it doesn't turn out that way. Yeah. You actually only have, power to take every step to remain positive to pay attention to your mindset to put in all of your effort then what happens happens and when you surrender it the focus becomes more on the effort and less on the outcome and in the work i do it's always about helping the client feel empowered it is very disempowering to focus on the outcome Mm. I'm not suggesting you sit around and watch TV all day and, and hope for something. I'm saying roll up your sleeves, do everything within your power, be creative, be flexible, and then trust that whatever the outcome is, it's what it's supposed to be. And yes, you may be disappointed and you'll assess and recalibrate and head out again for your next effort. And that's... When we can live life that way, there's so much less disappointment. There's so much less tension and struggle and anxiety because we're focused completely on what we have power for, mm -hmm. which is our effort. Wow. Thank you. So I'm curious, you know, mindset can be also look different for anybody, right? Everybody. So share with us, what do you do daily basis to work on your mindset? Yeah, so I, uh, I'm a Christian. I start my day with prayer and meditation. And for me, it's, uh, it's a leaning in. It's a trusting that um, we're all connected, that there is a higher power, that I am on the right track, and that I'm not the boss. Yeah. I am not the boss of my life experience. There's a much higher power that's the boss of my life experience. And so my job is... So for me, my kids were just saying this to me yesterday. You know, you're all about integrity, mom. And I'm like, that's, that, that is my, that's my <laughs> compass. That's my North Star. If I'm in integrity with my kids, with my clients, with whoever, then, then I'm on the track I want to be on. And, um, and my second, and then my second value is service. So if I am being of service to my loved ones, my clients, my business, then I'm on track. And so I think what I would say to your listeners is what are your values? What are your top three to five values? And how do you, how do you uniquely find your way to be conscious throughout the day so that your decision-making is based on your values and your each step, your each action is based on those values. Because if you root into your values and you follow them, you really can't go wrong. Yeah, like that. I actually didn't know you're Christian, by the way. So this is one thing I like. I want to say to the people who are religious, doesn't matter what religious you are. I think the one thing what I kind of like observe from the people who are religious, again, it doesn't matter what religion you are, like they are, they have a, such a big faith in God, you know? And I feel like if you have a big faith in God and, you know, no matter what circumstances you're wasting, either it's a pandemic or whatever that is, you know, you, you know, you have a big faith and you know, there is a God for you is going to save you and have your back basically. Right. 
And I, that's one thing I noticed. I don't know if that is, what do you think? Is that true and, for you? Well, it's very true for me. I mean, I, I honestly, and I think that most people, like, so even if you're um, someone who has more of a new age spirituality, you follow Deepak <laughs> Chopra or Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. The, tr the truth is they're not saying, or if you're a Buddhist or they're not saying, there's not too much difference being said. I mean, the, the rule is there's something bigger than all of us and we're all yeah. connected. And except yeah. for, I guess, atheists, virtually everyone on the planet with that smaller percentage aside believes in so i have a i have a sibling and she believes in the universe and she refers to the universe and i refer to god it really doesn't matter because when we start talking what we're saying is completely aligned yeah and you know we were all billions of us were created to be different yeah and so we use different words we have different practices and at the end of the day when you have a belief that you can root into and a faith that you can stand by especially through the storms of things like divorce and pandemics it's incredibly helpful 100 i'm with you you just have to have a bigger vision yes. so if your vision is bigger than your circumstances no matter what happens to you you will go through get through that right well said really well said thank you thank you so much so what legacy do you want to leave this world? I would like to be a representation of love. I think at the end of the day, and I've actually given this a lot of thought, uh, you know, it, in my faith, it's, I would refer to it as being the hands and feet of Christ. And whether you believe who Jesus is or not, the representation of that, of that being was service, uh, humility, love, non-judgment. And so for me, my walk, and I got a lot of work to do, is to constantly melt away my judgment. Don't to, we all know? <laughs> right, to see the beauty in every human being. Like when I get triggered by someone, it's like I try to go as quickly as I can to what's wonderful and beautiful about that person because it's my ego that's getting its feathers all ruffled, right? Yeah. And so, so yes, I would say I would love for my legacy to be that Karen was a beautiful representation of love and service and non-judgment. I love that. Yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing that. That was beautiful. So where people can find you? So our website is JBD for Journey Beyond Divorce jbddivorcesupport.com. And I also have a podcast with about 60 episodes and that's okay. Journey Beyond Divorce. And that's on any podcast platform that you go to. So that's the easiest way. And then our 12-step divorce recovery program, you can get the free guide to it by going to our, the homepage of jbddivorcesupport.com. So feel free to go and download that and uh, and read through that. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm going to put that all on the show notes. Thank you so much again for hopping on my podcast and thank you for sharing your, your wisdom as well. It's been a pleasure to having you. And thank you for what you're doing. I mean, a mindset podcast is just brilliant and so needed. And, and I just wish you the very best with it. What a great topic to be talking about. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too.